the whole world continues to pay attention to one of the critical countries on the planet, which is China. Now, when we think about China today, we understand that this political ambition and also for this economic agenda. But it's time that we also need to look much deeper, look at this internal issues regarding this imbalance between the male and females today. Now, statistically speaking, more Chinese women, should we say the younger generations today among women, are walking away slowly from this traditional mindset, which is marriage and family commitment. But instead, more women today are showing more ambitious towards entrepreneurship and also much greater success. So in other words, marriage and also this family commitment are no longer on the agenda. Of course, this actually poses a much greater concern to the society and also to the current government. Can we see any solution at this moment? And how should we understand the issues with the single men and women today in China? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to invite our distinguished speaker, who is Dr. Leda Hong Fencher. Again, Dr. Hong Fencher is an expert on Chinese feminism. Again, if you're familiar with her work, and she's the amazing author for the book called Leftover Women. Again, Dr. Hong Fencher, and welcome to The Missing Piece. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Dr. Hong Fencher, I want to say, first of all, congratulations on this 10-year anniversary on this amazing book. Now, let's get to the question right away. You came out with this amazing article at the same time, which is entitled Young, Chine- uh, Young Chinese Women Are Defying the Communist Party. Let's talk about this. This is not the first time, and I, pr- I guarantee this won't be the last time that we have this discussion. What is happening today to the Chinese women, especially younger generations? Why are they still uh, refusing for this marriage commitment or this family commitment? Is it because the current economic pressure or is it because this social or cultural pressure upon them? What are the reasons for them not still not be interested in marriage or traditional family dynamics? Your thoughts? Hmm. Well, I, I would say this is actually a rather recent development, so I wouldn't say it why are, you know, why are young urban educated Chinese women still refusing to marry? I wouldn't exactly put it that way. Mm. If you look at the trends in East Asia, if you look at South Korea, Japan, Singapore, um, young women have actually been for many years delaying uh, marriage and childbirth or um, altogether um or refusing it altogether. Mm. So this is actually a comparatively recent trend in the People's Republic of China. So actually, if you look at the marriage rates, they hit a peak in 2013, which coincidentally was when I finished writing the first edition of my book, Leftover Mm. Women. Mm. And then since then, marriage rates have fallen for nine consecutive years. And um, just looking at all of the research that I've done, all of the interviews I've done with young women and also men, um, it's very noticeable that this this drop in marriage rates um, and changing attitudes is coming more from the side of young women than young men. Mm. Although you also see 
young men today in mainland China increasingly also not being so interested in marriage and childbirth. So um, why is this happening? Well, um, absolutely one of the pressures is just the, the high cost of living mm. in a city um, in mainland China, the high cost of raising a child, educating the child. Um, but something that else is going on here um, when I did the interviews for the original edition of Leftover Women, I was doing a lot of interviews between 2011 and 2013. Mm. And at the time, I, I encountered just a lot of unhappy young women, actually, who were who were unhappy with their relationships, but they planned to marry anyway. So there's been a, a really huge change in the last decade because today a lot of those young women are actually okay if they're unhappy with a relationship they're simply going to walk away from it mm. um, i mean obviously not all of them but but this is it's a it's a new a newer trend and um i actually think this is something positive because it shows you that young educated women today in particular in china are less willing to just make extreme compromises just because of the intense pressure to marry. Now, Dr. Hon Fincher, let's talk about the younger generations today. I mean, again, you mentioned more and more Chinese women are very much educated. I mean, they are more international, you know, uh, thanks to Internet and also the social media platforms. And that's something we're going to discuss uh, uh, later on. But but at this moment, Let's just say a lot more women today in China, they're gearing up or they are very successful in all walks of fields. You know, you look at business and you look at education, you look at medicine, etc. And some believe that because of their own successes, the men found those successful women are more intimidating or, or it's really hard to meet up their standard or levels, how much do you think it really played a factor into that, that so that that create a hole or create a gap, but for men and women begin to see, well, she's too good for me, or, you know, I am not as educated as she is, or I am not one of the wealthiest people on the list as she is. So that really is a factor. How much do you think that really is the factor today when we look at this commitment or look at this mindset of the Chinese women? Well, actually, what you were describing just there um, is a, a lot of the mindset of young men who want to marry those women. Mm. So that's, that's another piece of the puzzle, of course. Um, but I think primarily uh, the changing mindset is coming from the women themselves. Mm. So uh, as you mentioned, women today in China, in mainland China, are more educated than ever before, really. There are actually more women enrolled in undergraduate programs in China than men, slightly more. Mm. Uh, but that doesn't mean that actually once these women graduate that, that they're encountering um, a lot more success for, for the amount of education they have. In fact, another um, thing that I describe in great detail in my book, Leftover Women, is 
well, the subtitle is The Resurgence of Gender Inequality mm. in China. Gender inequality. So there are so many ways in which uh, women are increasingly discriminated against and that, um, that their higher education and achievements are not being applauded by the Chinese government, but they're actually seen as perceived by the government as a crisis, mm. that this is a crisis because women are becoming, quote unquote, too successful. Um, and as a result of their success, um, of course, then the women are uh, choosing to delay or perhaps refuse marriage and childbirth altogether. It's just that women have more options available to them. They have somewhat more freedom to make personal decisions about their own lifestyles. So this is perceived as a demographic crisis by the Chinese government because you look at the, actually in 2022, the population of China shrank for the first time in 60 years since um, the Great Leap Forward, this catastrophic famine. And so now India has overtaken China as the world's most populous nation. Mm. So that's a seismic demographic change. Um, but this should not be perceived as a great crisis, really. It should be, um, I mean, the government should really be offering, if it really wanted to entice more women into wanting to marry and having children, then it should be offering a lot more substantial benefits to get married and to have children. You know, things like uh, subsidi subsidized, heavily subsidized or free childcare, mm. free pre-K, you know, um, very generous uh, parenting, uh, parenting benefits. Uh, taking gender discrimination in um, in all uh, forms in in higher educational admissions in um, you know trying to get a job trying to get promoted as a woman the the gender discrimination has become in much worse than it was in the past mm. in the early communist era so there is a lot that the Chinese government could do structurally to improve conditions for parents. But that's not what the government is doing. In fact, it's becoming more punitive. Um, and so this is something that I point out in many different ways. Dr. Holmventure, I want to go back to the article. Again, this is something that you wrote in the article. Just look at the number. It's really alarming that you say as of 2020 that China still had about 17.5 million more men than women between the ages of 20 and 40. And also you mentioned that a Communist Youth League survey released in 2021 found that 30.5% of urban youth age of 18 to 26 said they don't believe in marriage and 73.4% of those respondents were women. Now, Help us with better understanding. What does that mean that today, when we interpret the phrase of believing in marriage? I mean, we we know that traditionally speaking, this is supposed to be a phase of a human life. So, in other words, you know, it's a it's a phase of maturity. It's it's a it's a process that's showing that the person is ready to jump into the next chapter of one's life. 
But when we talk about believing marriage, is this still a, just a ceremonial type of celebration or this is a commitment or to, or even today that turn into this faith or turn into this, this belief in something? So what is the logistic behind that? So, you know, that's that's an interesting question because that survey result was that survey was conducted by the Communist Youth League. Mm. So the fact that they asked that question is also interesting because it's an interesting statistic for sure. Um, and the thing is that, um, I mean, even a decade ago, um, when I wrote the first edition of my book leftover women it was there was much more of a sense that marriage was compulsory really mm. that that this is something you must do i mean, I mean the way you asked the question as well as well this is the na natural thing to do but mm. actually it's not yes maybe you know throughout tradition and throughout history this was something that was expected um but today you know, it is not compulsory. I mean, it's not compulsory anymore in the People's Republic of China. And uh, and especially, actually, mainland China is sort of lagging behind other surrounding countries in East Asia in terms of, you know, especially young women saying, you know, I'd, if I haven't found the right person, then I don't really want to get married. And in fact, a lot of young women in mainland China today are are saying no to marriage, even if they do have a serious partner, and that's really significant. Um, one of, I mean, there are many, many reasons behind mm. this. One of the serious uh, problems with marriage in mainland China today is that it is uh, it has become increasingly basically a trap for women because mm. the the institution of marriage in the People's Republic of China does not protect women's rights. There are so many different ways in which this is the case. Um, and, it, and it's gotten more difficult, for example, for women in particular to get a divorce. Um, in 2021, the Chinese government um, introduced a new regulation called the cooling off period mm. for divorces, where you, you have to wait about a month before you can even file for a divorce. There's been new research um, as well, indicating that it's much more difficult for women in particular to to get a divorce lawsuit through the, the, the courts. And that, so first of all, you know, it, it, the, the easiest way to get a divorce is if both partners agree. Now, right. The other side doesn't agree. And um, most divorces are initiated by women. I mean, almost three quarters of divorces in China are, in, are initiated by women. And so um, and, and this is something that that I I tell many stories of of women who are really uh, in appalling conditions in their marriages. Maybe their partner is abusive. I mean, there are so many different ways in which marriage just doesn't help women in any way. It certainly mm. doesn't help them economically. It's much more difficult for women to get a divorce. And so these are just some of the reasons. Uh, in, I mean, and there are important reasons. Uh, why, you know, increasing numbers of young women, especially if they're somewhat more privileged, who have a college education, are they have more freedom to make a decision and they no longer see marriage as an absolute necessity um, for themselves. And they're choosing 
another path. Mm. Dr. Hohenfencher, two more questions before letting you go. You sort of touch on my next question. Going back to the article that, again, you mentioned that within a family that a girl, um, she was in her early 30s or near the age of 30, that she was not married, but her mom threatened to jump off a building if she did not find a husband. Now, today, again, we're looking at different ages. We're looking at different period of China. How much easier today for the modern day parents to understand and eventually accept the concept that my son, especially my daughter, is not married because she has much greater career ambitions. She has much greater calling for education or she will love to travel to study overseas before reconsider this topic. So what, what do you think of today's parents' attitude and what really motivated them to become more open, more tolerant, and also more understanding about their daughters and sons' singleness? What do you say to that? Yes. So that's also, I mean, a very interesting uh, example, of course, which is why I wrote about it. Um, the mother, you know, it's a very extreme, really terrible thing to do to mm. your child to threaten to, you know, throw yourself off a building if she doesn't get married. Um, but sadly, you know, this is certainly not the only case I've heard um, over the years of of parents, is uh, parents threatening, you know, to kill themselves or do something else, mm. you know, really bad if their daughter in particular refuses to marry. And so overall, I would say, you know, actually uh, parents today are somewhat more enlightened with the passage of time than they were a decade or more ago in China. And so parents overall are more inclined to want to support their daughter's own lifestyle decision. So mm. if the daughter, you know, doesn't want to get married, then the parents are naturally more inclined to maybe allow her to do that. Unfortunately, the parents themselves of the older generation in China are also under intense pressure from society to have their daughters get married. Mm. And so even that the extended family of the woman that I uh, wrote about, she's also in my book, by the way, mm. but the, the, the example that I used for my New York Times uh, essay, her own parents were under pressure from the extended family. So the extended family were also badgering the parents and saying, how can you allow your daughter to stay unmarried? You know, this is really a loss of face for our whole plan. You know, so the pressure is uh, multifaceted. The pressure is also on the parents um, and the pressure is coming from the government. Mm. And this is and we're going to see a lot more of that pressure in many different ways. Um, just recently, Xi Jinping said that, you know, China needs to develop a new kind of marriage and child rearing culture. And earlier in 2023, the government announced pilot projects in many different, I think it was about 20 different provinces across China, um, the new era marriage, um, you know, pilot projects where 
where the local government is supposed to more proactively find ways and adopt policies to encourage um, or I mean, they, they're not deliberately saying they're coercing young people, um, but it is a very coercive when you look at what's happening. Just to give you one example, you know, there's one county um, that recently introduced, uh, this is not coercive really, it's actually a reward mm. of 1,000 renminbi to a newlywed couple if the bride is age 25 or younger. So that's a, a very explicit um, pro-young marriage, pro-natalist policy. And, and you you could say, well, that's an incentive, but it's only 1,000 renminbi is really nothing. Mm. It's certainly not enough. It's kind of laughable on the face of it but but when you look uh broadly at all these different policy changes that are pro-marriage and pro-natalist coming from the government from the central government and then we're going to ins we're going to be seeing a lot more of that and um that that also pressures the parents and so even though parents are more naturally you know maybe they want to just give their daughter freedom but they're being pushed by mm. local governments as well, or or their employers are pushing. The Dr. Hohenfenscher, I want to wrap up our conversation by going back to your book. Again, as we mentioned before, this is the 10-year anniversary for your book called <coughs> Leftover Women, The Resurgence of Gender Inequality in China. Now, if people still don't understand about this gender inequality of China, and again, by going back to your book and finish reading your book, what do you expect the readers to understand today when we look at this gender inequality, look at this unmarried Chinese women? What would be the biggest takeaway from reading your book? Your final thoughts? Well, I mean, uh, gender inequality has actually gotten worse over the last decade. So let me let me just add that I significantly revised this new edition. So the 10th anniversary edition of Leftover Women is thoroughly updated. So it's very uh, relevant and timely. Mm. So one of the, I mean, it's it's comprehensive, but one of um, the one of the major changes is that gender inequality and gender discrimination have actually gotten a lot worse mm. over the last decade. But but one of the responses that is so enormous to that deepening gender inequality is that marriage is much less attractive mm. for especially college-educated young women. So is that really the best approach that the Chinese government is taking? If it's trying to encourage more educated uh, women to marry and have babies, you know, the right approach should not be punitive. Mm. It should be trying to make life easier for right. those people, but that's not what it's doing. And so, um, so those are the major changes that are very dramatic. The falling, dramatically falling marriage and birth rates over the past decade, but also, unfortunately, deepening gender inequality. And it's precisely because there's deepening gender inequality. Conditions are getting worse in many ways for women in China. Who, um, that 
that those women are trying to make better decisions for themselves. How, you know, how do I lead a better life for myself? Mm. And so that is causing more uh, women to make the decision to stay single because they've decided that their life is going to be easier. And, and I would have to say, sadly, because of all of the pitfalls of marriage in China, sadly that i mean it well maybe not sadly because a lot of a lot of women really don't want to be in a relationship but but the thing is i actually think it's it's a positive development that more young women feel like they can say no to the pressure to marry and so far you know uh the government cannot force these um young people into marrying and having babies Mm. well again we don't know what's going to happen in the future but we do know that it's so encouraging and uplifting to acknowledge that young women today in china are so ambitious and also successful they're able to make their voices heard not only domestically but also internationally well, again, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to speak to Dr. Aleda Holmfencher. Again, Dr. Holmfencher, it's award-winning journalist. Of course, I strongly encourage everyone go online and look for this amazing book. It's called Leftover Women, The Reinsurgence of Gender Inequality in China. Well, Dr. Holmfencher, thank you so much for your time. Again, congratulations on this amazing book. I would love to have you back on the show as we continue to pay attention, not only just about this gender inequality in China, but also all the critical matters for the nation. So thank you so much for doing this.